Get your filthy paw away from me. Handshaking spreads germs that kill. Oh, yeah, well, F you. Because we need germs to build our natural immunity to disease. And we all are in this together. Ever heard of herd immunity? Oh, yeah? Well, if you think being a germaphobe is weird, then unfriend me. I'm on the wrong page. Me. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Unfriend Me. Uh, this is a brand new episode of Unfriend Me for February 13th, 2018. Scott Johnson here with Justin R. Young. Hello, Justin. Why, hi, Scott. How are you? I'm fine. You all right after that one? Somebody, someone in the chat suggested a, uh, that could be a stroke if we're not careful. We don't want any strokes no, here. You want to know what? One day, I, I will probably die doing that intro. But uh, <laughs> today, the hands of death have missed me. Oh, have they? Because today we talk about putting your hands in all kinds of disgusting places so that you're covered in spreadable, communicable diseases and and whether or not we should be soaking ourselves in alcohol all day and Purell in our lives away or should we should we just get into the dirt and get all immune and work together? Why, that's our topic. Indeed, germophobia is going to be what we are going over. But before we do that and before we take your calls at 801-285-9395, we are going to go through some real quick feedback on the episode last week uh let's go ahead and start valerie says i think there's one major point regarding millennials which is our topic that was overlooked on the show college millennials are perhaps the first generation to see the cost of college outweigh the value of the degree more specifically we grew up with the promise that a college degree would guarantee gainful employment the recession and influx of college grads proved that logic faulty Anytime I see somebody my age or younger try to discuss the effect college loans had on their lives, I see someone of an older generation assuming that the millennial is asking for a free education. Mm. Good point of view and perspective there. Sam wrote in, says, my issue with the current generation is not some perceived laziness. It's not even self-entitlement necessarily, but I do have to draw the line at things like violence in the face of speech they don't agree with. College campuses used to be bastions of free speech. Now they are rioting at college campuses because someone they don't agree with uh, or their ideology has been uh, booked to speak. Uh, The attitude has shifted from, I don't agree with what you are saying, but I'll die defending your right to say it to, you should probably be killed because I don't like what you're saying, but if not, you shouldn't be able to say it. Uh, Can I, I'll just, let's let's get through all of them and then we can. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Natalie, a self-identified millennial, says, can I just say that going into this week's episode, I was bracing myself for outrage. And you know what? This is just another generational shift that we have to work through. I'm sure my great grandparents had something to say about those dirty hippies burning their bras when my grandmother was coming up in the 60s. Damn. Guaranteed. Uh, Tom. Tom. (laughs) Tom wings or carries us through with the caboose here and says, I was born in 1990. I prefer the term millennial. Of course, that was the classic Will Smith album of the same name. Forgot Let me real quick go back to Valerie's point and, and, and to a certain extent, Sam's. The idea that college is this tipping point for the, the issues with millennials, I think, is absolutely, uh, uh, you know, without a doubt, true in terms of how we, we process it. And we went through a lot of this in the Safe Spaces episode, but 
I will say this. If you are of the age or you have children that are coming of the age to graduate high school, mm -hmm. if you say, do you want to go to college? And the answer is yes. And then you don't have the things that you want to accomplish in college, at least an initial plan sketched out. Don't go to college. You take a year. Do whatever you need. Go to get a job. Like there is the biggest problem I would say with that kind of stuff. And maybe college loans are a whole nother episode or just college in general is a whole nother episode that we can do. Mm. But holy crap, the worst thing that I think happened, not only to a certain element of my generation, but also to just college in general is the dilution of it by everybody I knew that skipped or that, that changed majors seven times and eventually just get it wound up getting a degree in sociology that they couldn't use yeah or political science or whatever that's totally true i totally agree with that as somebody with kids who are of that age uh, my daughter for example is uh going to college and we had this exact conversation do you want to go yes what do you want to do well here's my plan okay that sounds like a good plan it actually sounds pretty doable let's do it and that's how we're doing it and it turns out doing that is a lot cheaper than setting foot in a, in a counselor's office and asking them any advice. My advice oh, is wow. don't go near those freaking people because they yeah. want you in the system, they want you in there for a long time, and they want you to build up a bunch of debt. Don't do it. Go in with your own plan. Go in with uh, actual education in mind, uh, not some weird status quo thing, and you'll be okay. And if you don't, you don't. If you do, you do. But I, I think I, I agree with you on this. And by the way, don't everyone go, well, easy for Justin to say, it's just some kind of, dropout podcaster guy uh-uh he has a degree in uh from syracuse university oh that, yeah that he worked his ass off for this is him looking back man i take that advice pretty seriously no, if i, was I didn't work my ass off it was easy to get i did it while working a full-time job college is an absolute sham and it was not worth the money <laughs> that i paid for it everything that i learned i learned outside well with a certain 90% of the stuff that I learned that wound up going into my career, I learned because I took a job that applied to what I cared about. I made the connections that I made. I made, I built the skills that I built from those outside activities. Now, colleges are great places for resources, but I'm realizing now we should save a lot of this because this is an entirely different episode. Totally if you want to give us feedback, unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. Again, unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. Huh. Oh, I just say this: uh, college has always been a place for people to rebel and be weird. Okay, go ahead. We can continue. On. I mean, that, that, I mean, also, it's like, I mean, come on, <laughs> uh, just do. Come on, go back. Uh, listen, when they weren't rebelling and doing other weird stuff, there's like you go back through like you know like old fraternity traditions, and it was like, oh, well, this is the famous corner where it was pinch the virgin on the butt corner or whatever like oh what a what a randy tradition we used to have at old foggy you or whatever <laughs> i did not uh want to go to foggy you all right well there you go thank you for your feedback everybody and use that email often you guys many of you are and it's great we love it we love your feedback please yeah. keep it coming there was there is like a bench at syracuse is like the kissing bench or whatever and it's like if you were sitting there then you are asking to get kissed by a stranger it's Ew. like now it's probably just the sexual assault plank. Uh, <laughs> hey, folks, look, we're we're not even <laughs> 10 minutes into the show and we're getting into the main topic. Well, you have your, your voice has been heard. We're talking about germaphobes here this week. So let's go through a little bit of the results of my one hour of Googling TM. Yeah. 
As far as uh, I'm concerned, it's that, by the way, it's that journalistic uh, work ethic that you've gained at Syracuse that we're now benefiting from is your hour of Googling right now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Except uh, when I do an hour of Googling, I call it an hour of Googling instead of a <laughs> listicle, which is what everybody else who got my degree calls it. Uh, nice. Misophobia. Uh, also known as verminophobia, germophobia, and germophobia, bacilliophobia, and bacteriophobia is a pathological fear of contamination in germs. The term was, cur- or the term was coined <laughs> by William A. Hammond in 1879 when describing a case of near-obsessive compulsive disorder exhibited in repeatedly washing one's hands. Misophobia has also been uh, related to compulsive hand washing. Uh, The name pertains directly to the abnormal fear fear of dirt and filth, including molysmophobia and molysomophobia and a bunch of other phobias. Where in the terms uh, that we just read came from, specifically, they refer to the fear of bacteria and microbes in general. Basically, people are afraid of getting, I mean, translate that to them. They're afraid of getting sick. They don't want to get sick. They don't want diseases. They don't want uh, polio. They want rubella. They don't want any of those old diseases. They don't want any of the new ones. They don't want flu. They don't want a cold. They don't want, you know, a, a gastrointestinal uh, problem. They don't want any of that stuff. So they've, they, they've gone from, I should wash my hands so I don't get sick, to I must wash my hands every day so that I never get sick ever again. Well, since we talked about the pinnacle of journalism, let's go ahead and uh, do a little exercise that we, we do in our modern era to determine exactly how we feel about a topic, and that is take a BuzzFeed quiz. So, Scott, <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question, uh-huh. uh, and, and we're going to find out how much of a germaphobe you are. All right. Uh, you die a little inside when somebody sneezes without covering their mouth. This is a question that requires a, a, a slight uh, question about, about context. What is the proximity of the person sneezing? Okay, it's a BuzzFeed quiz, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you think that there's supporting documentation for the BuzzFeed quiz? All right, it's a good point. It's, it really does depend on that. For me, if they're right next to me, it matters more. But if they're in the room and they sneeze, I don't care. It's fine. You don't die a little? No, no. I, I'm fine. I mean, maybe I do literally. Maybe they're if they're spreading something bad, maybe I do literally die. All right, die. Nietzsche, calm down. We got 19 of these. Let's, <laughs> let's burn, turn and burn. All right, go. You probably, do you own at least 50 pocket hand sanitizers? No, I don't. When someone sneezes in public, do you want to run and hide? No. Is Lysol a household necessity? Uh, it's, it's a thing we have. Necessity? Eh. Yeah, sure, why not? Got to clean those toilets. That, that now for yes, yeah. yeah. Do you really hate unnecessary physical contact? No. Do handshakes make you anxious? No. If a significant other was recently sick, do you willingly keep a distance? Yes. Yes. Do you cringe thinking of the next big family gathering because it's going to inv- involve random kissing? Um, no, because that doesn't happen in my family, but I cringe. Oh, kiss on the cheek, like, like an aunt kiss on the cheek, something like that. Um, I think that's more to be evocative of like a childhood memory. No, I, I, okay. I know that we're not supposed to be qualifying these, but I will say there's, there is one part of an extended part of my family that whenever their kids show up, they are all sick all the time, 24 hours a day, 365. They're always sick for some reason. And they always bring it with them, and they never stay home. They never think of anybody else. So in that way, I do have a little, I have a little anxiety about them showing up sick. Little, little trepidation. Yeah. Uh, have you wondered how the seven dwarfs could continue living with sneezing? No, not once in my life. No. Uh, do you mind somebody canceling their, their plans if their excuse is that they're sick? No, it should be fine. They should do that. Uh, are you not into being licked in the face by animals? Uh, 
Actually, I don't mind it. Dogs, fine. Uh, I'll let my cat lick my nose for 20 minutes until I can't stand the rough tongue thing. It doesn't bother me at all. Dogs are fine. Cats are fine. Do you share food with others? Uh, Do I share food? Oh, you mean like mouth-to-mouth share food? Like... Like, no, not like a baby bird. Like <laughs> no one's spitting up into your mouth. Like just like, hey, do you want to take a a a piece of this steak? I'm I'm eating. Yeah, you know, I have no problem. A little bit of this pork chop. No problem uh, with Kim, especially if we're at dinner. She's like, oh, you got to try this. It's no problem. I'll eat it off her fork. Whatever, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, 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 w- will you not be sharing a milkshake anytime soon? So that would be more of a like two straws in the same milkshake. Or sharing a straw situation entirely based that is entirely dependent on who it is if it was kim no problem if it was one of my kids no problem anything outside immediate family probably not i would prefer not so to if i that. brought when, at the big las vegas event yeah. later this year if i brought up a milkshake with two straws <laughs> would you would you politely tell me no <laughs> um well that is a good question Okay, I will. You're, you're, you're gonna have to find out. I'll admit <laughs> this, this summer, <laughs> this April. Yeah, I'm gonna say that I would not. I would do it because we're friends, but yeah. I would. But it would definitely go. Oh, we're doing this, are we? Like I'd definitely yeah. notice it for sure. It would be odd. Like if we do it now, it'll be a bit. But it would be odd if I had done that just randomly at at uh, totally. At it would have been that unusual was- for both of us, and then I would have kind of been a little <laughs> lost for words. Yeah, it would have been weird. It would have. It would have certainly been the christening of a new dimension of our relationship yes, as, yes. As, as co-workers and friends that's correct uh, do you dread airplanes yes uh uh do you, does public transportation gross you yeah out? i can't stand i can't well these are i have different reasons for all of these than just how clean they are but the yeah germ stuff yeah yeah i don't like trans- uh, soaking transport. in a hot tub not your idea of a good time actually i love a good hot tub and the more chlorine i can smell the more comfortable i am because i know that they're killing stuff Okay, similar question then. Do you stay clear of public pools? Yes. I watched them fish a turd out once at a local public pool <laughs> and, I, and then let everyone back in after, and I, I couldn't do it ever again. It's gross. Uh, and do you use a toothbrush head cover? A, 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 a cover so even in your own bathroom, you are covering the head of your toothbrush just in case it might fall to the ground accidentally. No, I have a... I guess I have something similar though. It's a, one of those electric toothbrushes. Uh, I can't, yeah. uh, whoever makes it. And when you're done, you take the bit off of the vibrating unit and you stick it in this little, this little closet door thing about this size. You shut it and then you push this button on top and then like blue infrared light kills germs or something. I don't know if that actually works, but that's totally fake. That's, it, that's just, it that, probably that's is. Not- it probably is. I've never trusted it in that regard, but I don't, I don't inherently have a problem leaving my toothbrush sort of out and available because yeah. normal, but back before I was using electric, I did that just fine. That doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Uh, and then 19 public bathrooms, more like public enemy. Yeah. I don't like them. I assume that they mean that it's a bad thing and not the seminal rap group featuring Chuck D. And well, <laughs> no, but I, but I do think that public bathrooms are gross for some of the, uh, for other seminal reasons, if you know what I mean. And also, <laughs> I've gone in there before. <laughs> I've gone in there before and seen some of the worst acts of humanity I've ever seen in my life. I cannot tell yeah. you how bad the BlizzCon Hilton bathroom looks at 4:30 in the morning when you're trying to catch a flight. I have never seen anything like it. So, man, as, as 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 somebody as somebody who's driven long haul drives from like Fort Lauderdale to Syracuse, mm-hmm. and you have to stop in some of the bathrooms and truck stops between the Carolinas and for West Virginia and stuff like that. Oh. 
Yeah. If somebody got murdered in one of those bathrooms, it would be an improvement. If I saw a, a, a slashed cadaver of somebody that had been long dead, I'd be like, well, it really doesn't take away. No, I 100% with you on that. Some of the worst of humanity is on display in public bathrooms. I will say this, though. I had this experience the other day. A mall that we go to all the time with the family here and there, shop, whatever. Uh, we When we usually go there, the public bathrooms they have there are horrendous. We went there before they opened on Sunday. Got in there a few minutes before all the stores opened. They had just cleaned everything. It was a That was a delightful time for me because it's never like that in there. But I don't think that you have to be a germaphobe to not like public bathrooms. We are at our worst in there. And for whatever reason, I don't know about women's bathrooms. I don't go in there. But men's bathrooms yeah. in this country, in public places, especially in anywhere sketchy, remotely sketchy, is so bad. Oh, no, no. There's, I mean, I, I used to work in a fairly, a, a restaurant where people would take their people, like their friends and family for birthdays and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, so it was a fairly nice place. People would often wear suits or formal wear. To be there and as a waiter and a busboy who had to clean the bathrooms oh my god it, <laughs> it is it is tragedy in the comments it but le- we, it leaves we, a mark. we don't have, we have yeah. to go through that right. uh if you reacted viscerally to any of those 19 questions uh, posed to you by the sages at buzzfeed and by the way big shout out to heather newman who wrote this back in 2013 <laughs> Here are some CDC facts on hand sanitizers. Many studies have found that sanitizers with an alcohol concentration between 60 and 95 are more effective at killing germs than those with a lower alcohol concentration or non-alcohol-based sanitizers. Those, by scientific evaluation, may not work. So if you are freaking out based on, uh, you know, getting your hand sanitizer on, go ahead and check the alcohol content on there because if it's below 60%, you're basically not doing jackass. Well, what about what about the whole thing that it's actually worse because you're killing vital bacteria on your hands that you need for uh, the healthy ecosystem and thereby uh, rendering your rendering yourself even more exposed to uh, fertile viral uh, things to happen to you or bacterial things. Uh, indeed, that is also that is certainly also a a, a problem if you're overusing it. Obviously, uh, many studies also show that hand sanitizers work well in clinical settings like hospitals where hands come into contact with germs, but generally are not heavily soiled or greasy. One data point also shows that hand sanitizers may work well against certain types of germs on soiled hands, but others, if you have any kind of dirt on your hands, the the alcohol in the hand sanitizer is almost rendered useless. Mm-hmm. So you are not doing anything. You have to clean your hands first and then use hand sanitizer of a certain alcohol content scientifically to get any kind of result right except for the psychosomatic one that just made you feel better because you squirted it did it and walked through the crowd yes yeah now here is we're gonna we're gonna go on the germaphobe side for a second all right it's a very very big issue for a lot of people right now how bad can it be you spread a little germs i think scott and i what we're getting to right now is that we're probably both around the same temperament (laughs) i'm kind of a dirty a dirty old dog who doesn't mind, uh, you know, a little bacteria swimming around. I, I am of a, a, a belief that it brings us closer to the natural biome. And, and uh, although I'm not quite into the drinking unfiltered water side of things, like I, I do think that you can do more harm than good by overly freaking out about germs. However, yeah, yeah. 
The other side would be what's happening right now, because we are currently at the time that we are recording on February 13th, 2018, in the middle of the worst flu season since the swine flu of 2003 or 2003, 2003, the swine flu. And that involved pigs. Yeah, I had it that year. I don't know if it was swine flu, but I had a really bad flu that year that put me down for like 14 days. Fever It was the worst thing I've ever experienced. So the flu season normally takes off in late December and peaks around February. This season started early and was widespread in many states by September early last month. So that would be January and what seemed like it, it, it hit peak levels and then continued to surge. Season has been driven by a nasty type of flu that tends to put more people in the hospital and cause more deaths than the other common flu bugs. Still, it's long lasting intensity has surprised experts who are still sorting out why it's been so bad. One possibility is that the vaccine is doing an unusually poor job. U.S. data on effectiveness is expected sometime in the coming. Weeks. Yeah, they, they cycle this every year. Every year, you don't know how well it's going to do. Also, you don't know if they pick the right strain. Um, those strains mutate. Like getting a flu shot, I've always gotten one, and I've more often than not not gotten that year's flu. Um, but, you know, it's not an exact science. It's, it's a little bit moving target. And uh, is to be expected that you that you may have trouble. But I wonder, is there some people out there who are, I mean, we've had the whole immunization episode and about kids and stuff. Yep, yep. But there are there is just as much fervor out there about flu shots, I think, as there is uh, about uh, immunizations uh, regarding, you know, you're putting this stuff in me. Maybe this is giving me the flu. Never had the flu before until I got a flu shot. Now I got the flu. So there's a lot of causation errors happening. Did I get the flu yeah. from the shot? Did I just happen to catch some other strain? Um my wife had a flu shot, but she's upstairs right now down with something that seems like a, like the flu. But as, as we know, there are many flus. So there's all of this like weird all over the place stuff going on with flu stuff. I, and yeah. I'm going to say something that I know it invariably two of my stances will invariably get me hate. So feel free to light me up on Twitter at Justin R. Young. <laughs> One of them is the fact that I think it's totally cool if you don't vote. And the other is that uh, I don't get the flu shot. Oh, that's I've interesting. Never gotten, I've never gotten the flu shot. It's not because I have some tremendous stance that like, you know, the government's tracking me with the flu shot. Uh, FEMA steel beams. Like, I'm, I'm not there. I just have very rarely gotten the flu. And I kind of just don't want to. If I had like a really bad flu season, I'd probably start getting the flu shot. Right. But I'm just on, I'm on, I'm riding the hot hand. Like what am I, <laughs> what am I going to say? I just, I, and I know herd immunity. My wife laces into me and will not, uh, uh, will not relent on it. And I know that the science is not on my side. I'm just saying my body, my rules. If I get sick one season, then I'll, I'll probably get it. I, I had the flu this year, but it put me down for like a day and a half. That yeah, was pretty was much it. Pretty so. mild, you had a pretty mild one. I, I mean, look, when I was about your age, which was, I don't know, 10 years ago or whatever, uh, that was the first time I ever got a flu shot. And the thing that put me there, because up till then I was doing the same thing. Again, riding the hot hand, yeah. thinking that, well, I haven't got it now. What's the point? Like, what's the big deal? Never really had the flu in a serious way, except I guess that one in 03. But to me, that was just, I was sick. I didn't really think of it as <clears throat> the flu or a shot would deter it. Like, I was still kind of dumb in 03. Um, but when I first started getting flu shots is because a friend of mine, the exact same age as me, 
who was always like, I'm never going to flu shot. They're just giving you the flu. It's a government conspiracy. It's all fake, rip, 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 deep state, this and that. Like he was all conspiratorial about flu shots. Yeah. And he, uh, that year, once again, didn't get the flu shot, caught the flu, really rough one, died. My age. Oh my God. Yeah, he died. And I went, oh gosh, dang it, dude. Like that's the worst. They finally got him. They <laughs> the irony was too much and it was all obviously horrible and sad, but also I just kind of went, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe you just start getting the flu shot maybe. And I've done it pretty much since then. So now whether that has really shielded me, whether it's worked or not, I mean, I can't say, I don't know. The science, the science on the flu shot, we have not, and this is not an episode on the flu shot specifically, but the science on the flu shot does say that even for herd immunity, uh, it is helpful it is helpful that everybody is rejecting the same strain so even what where i get yelled at by my wife is that sure i might not be affected maybe i'm a mutant but i can be carrying the the strain that other people who don't have it will get and so even though i'm flaunting my my strength uh, uh and, and shoveling this illness toward other people's weaknesses sure that's absolutely true. You could be a carrier and just have it in a place that just hasn't taken hold of you yet, and you're still carrying it. Literally, could be in your clothes, and yeah. you could go hug somebody, <clears throat> transfer it. They're you know they're a little low on the immunity scale or whatever, and boom, they're you know they're near death for two weeks. All right, now let me let me let's do one last uh, of of front line of the germaphobe argument, and that is handshaking. Mm. Bill Gates hates handshaking. Tyler Cowen, a professor at George Mason University, hates it. Inclu uh, included uh, in that list is the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, who once called handshaking one of the curses of American society. Trump, a tremendous, noted germaphobe. Yeah. Uh, and the high-profile te uh, technology, uh, technology investor, Michael Arrington, has written that he'd rather not swap germs via the ancient but disgusting habit of shaking Hands. Well, it's only as I mean, it's a cultural thing, right? Because when I was in Asia, everybody bowed. Nobody shook hands. I never shook hands with anybody there. They just bowed at me. I bowed yeah. at them. Um, and so even when it was, you know, me, no, you know, all English speaking weirdo from from America showed up, they were bowing to me. I was bowing to them. We never touched hands. So clearly there are parts of the world where where handshaking hasn't taken root. <clears throat> this isn't a problem or as much of a problem here. It's just so ingrained. It's like this forward motion uh thing where you're like putting your hand you're putting it out there and you're saying shake this because if we shake this our flesh will be made one for a brief moment and during that time assurances will be made deals will be had uh you know honesty and, and integrity will be tested like it has this heft to it in our culture and yeah. that's a bummer because there's also boogers and poo on your hand but <laughs> is it harmful <laughs> We don't know, says Allison Aiello, an associate professor of epidemiology. Man, I really should have practiced a lot of these words. Fine. Uh, at the University of Michigan School of Public Health, speaking specifically about the frequency of hand-to-hand -hand tra transmissions of the flu, as, re as researchers, it's the million-dollar question we really want to know. So we don't have any scientific proof that people who do shake hands are any less healthy than people who don't shake hands. Mm. 
So when I shake, how about hugs? We have hugs in this research? Probably not, do we? I have not found uh, that was not included in the one hour of Google. So if you have any (laughs) hug research, then please feel free to send it to us. Unfriend me show at gmail.com. Look, how much of dermophobia is superstition? That's my question to you. Yeah, I think a lot of it is. not so much superstition, but just your imagination kind of going places. Part of it's your upbringing. If you had a mother who was always worried about you being dirty, chances are that's going to carry over a little bit. Um, it's going to be different in every case. I know that like, I have certain things that really bug me, but people are always a little bit confused about this. In fact, I'm sure some of the people listening to us on the show right now live are thinking, Scott, whatever, you are you always talk about how gross it is to lick your fingers after barbecue sauce or something. And yeah. I just want to clarify some of this stuff. That's not a germ problem for me. That's a texture thing for me. It's a licking things off my hand. It, that just seems weird and strange to me. But I have no problem dog licking my face. I have no problem, uh, you know, occasionally, like my daughter's dog, great big pit bull, came running up to me the other day just leaped on me and shoved that big meaty job of the hut tongue right in my mouth just brah! and that's gross to almost everybody i could ask but it was funny and you laugh it off and plus i know about studies about dogs mouths are cleaner than ours like who cares one little one little dog tongue in your mouth's not going to kill you now is there the one weird chance where that dog just ate a big loaf of its own shit and then put, <laughs> put his tongue in your mouth and now you yeah. get jardia for the next 3 months sure i guess so but I can't live my life like that. So I'm actually not, a, I'm not a germaphobe. Like that peeing on my foot thing in the shower thing was not about yeah. it being gross. Germs, yeah. It was about humiliation. It was about me so, peeing on my body, right? So wait, are you willing to do it again to prove that it wasn't about germs? <laughs> That's what you want to, me to do. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to ever do that again because it just weirded me out. But it wasn't about, oh, this is gross or this is germy or anything. That doesn't really bother yeah. me. So... So all of that being said, you said, you said, uh, is it superstition? I don't know. I wouldn't call it superstition. I'd just call it. I mean, what else would you call a, a thing that doesn't really affect anything, but you do a ritual because you think it affects the thing? Okay. Well, my sister, my sister has a theory about it that she told me about once. It's uh, basically touch blue, make it true. <laughs> Here's what she said. She said that it's a form. It can be not always, not every situation, but it can be a form of PTSD. I said, what does that mean? She says, imagine the sickest you've ever been. And so for me, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'll give you a little record here. Uh, the last time I barfed was 2005. I can tell you the date. I know exactly when it was, and I know why it was. The time I barfed before that was 1998, and I could tell you the circumstances there. Before that, I don't remember. And you might say, wow, Scott, that's great. You barely ever throw up. That's that's awesome. No, no, no. There have been many times I probably should have thrown up or I was sick enough to yeah. throw up or any of those other things. But I dread it like nothing else. And her theory is uh, when I was younger, I was I had a really violently ill weekend <laughs> that was one of the worst experiences of my life. I remember it very vividly. And it stayed with me. And I thought, I never want to have that again. I never want to be sick like that again. And I yeah. would do anything not to. And that became kind of a psycho control thing where even if, I, even if I'm in a situation where my body needs to naturally expel what's bothering me, I won't let it happen. because I poison don't, out. Yeah, I won't go through it again because it is a, it is a sliver of, of uh, a traumatic event that becomes a little bit of a disorder 
for people later on. And I think that's a lot of it for people. So if, they, if they've been really sick or they've been around people who have been very sick and then they're told they make all these connections, oh, it's doorknobs or it's mouse, it's your mouse or your keyboard or it's your phone's disgusting and don't let someone else use your phone. Like all those things start to add up to the point that if they begin obsessing about it, then it becomes just part of the part of the kit. And that's that has extremes. I, I and then, do wonder about you know. that, though, because I think that would, that would presuppose that you have some kind of trauma in your past. Uh, and I don't know if that would necessarily be a prequalifier for everybody no. that has made Purell a successful company because they need to make sure that their hands are sanitized at all times. Right. Uh, real quick. Uh, people were asking about the Asian culture of wearing face masks. This is a real quick little research that uh, that I did here. The, so it is a, a now an hour and two minutes of Googling. The custom <laughs> of face mask wearing began in Japan in the early years of the 20th century when a massive pandemic of influenza killed between 20 and 40 million people around the world. More than that, uh, more than died in World War One, by the way. There were outbreaks of the disease on every inhabited continent, including Asia, where it devastated India, leaving the deaths at a full 5% of the population. Covering your, covering your face with scarves, veils, and masks became prevalent, if ineffective, as a ways of wading off disease in many parts of the world until the epidemic finally faded at the end of 1919. And that's just a tradition that stayed around in Asia far more than it has throughout the rest of the world. Well, okay, so this is one of my big hangups. I actually wish this was a thing we'd do here. Because what we have now are these great little masks, and they are more improving to work. They also have some with respirators. Right, right on now, them. for the audio listeners, uh, Scott is uh, uh, having uh, holding up a surgical mask. Yeah, like, this, this is what you would see in in a stock footage of a surgeon leaning down, about to operate on you. Yeah, and I pull it down just ever gently to say, "I'm going to see you naked during this operation." And then they fall asleep, and then the weirdest oh movie God. ever happens. Hey, look, I've seen who handle rocks the cradle. Anyway, here's the point. Uh, <laughs> I wish we would adopt this here. Some of the chat are saying the same thing. And here's why it will never happen here. When I was in Asia and when I see Asian tourists here, they're all wearing these and I don't even think twice about it. But I think if you see some American dude walking around with one of these on, your immediate assumption is he's got the plague. Stay away. Get away from that guy. Something's really wrong. This is bad. The beginning of the end. Where are the zombies? When, how does it start? How are we, who, who are we going to eat first? Like, People's brains go there, and I don't know if it's because of Hollywood or if it's because of I don't I don't know apocalyptic culture in general, but this doesn't fly in these states united, and I don't All know right. why. I'm going to tell you something that I'm going to realize I realize before I say it is going to be tremendously embarrassing for me, considering that I just uh, came out all half cocked talking about uh, how I don't get the flu shot. All right. But a couple of years ago, this is the only time I've ever worn one of those masks. Uh, masks. I had the flu so bad that I was convulsing in bed and my wife was terrified about what was happening. So uh, we went to the hospital because I was scheduled to fly out to Washington, D.C. to do a game, to do a go game. And I, I just wanted to, if I was going to miss that, I, I knew I just had to be like in the hospital yeah. to call that. Off. I kind of remember this, but yeah. And some, so they told me, yeah. hey, you just had the flu. Just get some liquids. You're going to be fine. Yeah. And I asked, can I fly to D.C. today? And they said, absolutely not. So I immediately went to CVS. I bought medicine and a mask and I drove right to SFO and I flew to D.C. <laughs> oh and that's the only time that I've ever I went right from the emergency room to SFO stop at cvs to get a mask uh so i don't know what that says about you does that say that you are 
What is that? That is either noble or that is terrible. I don't know what that is. What I is mean, that? I why why not both? As the meme, <laughs> as the meme explains to us, many sides. No, no. The way I see it is, you were um, the nobility comes from you're so committed to your job. Also, by the way, I once, as people are reminding me, I once at a different time got the flu so bad that I was so dehydrated that I poop fainted and I had to be taken to the hospital for that. <laughs> so. Maybe this thing about writing the hot hand is seeming like less of a scientific certainty at this point. I might be coming to a realization about things. You know what I think happens? This is a theory I'm going to throw out. And if they, if we get callers who want to def- refute this, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Fine. By the way, by the way, g- give us a call. We, we're done with the research. Uh, 801-285-9395. The gates are open. Go ahead and give us a ring-a-ding-ding. Again, yeah. please enter this into your phone. Pause the podcast right now. Get your phone dialing uh, uh, app in there. Put unfriend me and then dial in 801-285-9395. You're going to want it to call into this show. Okay. 100% agree. I will take the first call as I see it. Um, So uh, uh, what was I going to say there? I forgot. It was a thing about something. Ah, shit. Was it about poop fainting, which <laughs> I did when I was so sick with the flu? No, I know what it was. I know what it was. Okay. So um, I, you are currently without child. Uh, I am, uh, yes, and, and I am, and I am with three. I have three kids, and uh, have had them for a while now. And I think I wouldn't be too much of a stretch to say this. Um, and I'm going to save it till after this call. <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? This is Jonathan in New York. Hey, man, good to hear from you. What's, hey, New York's a town where a lot of people are dirty and gross and have uh, hands on lots of stuff. How, how how are you feeling about all this? Well, I was out sick. For two days last week, yeah, uh, and uh, it's fine, you know. But I work in an open office environment uh, off of Chelsea Pierce, mm-hmm. and uh, my neighbor uh, will now only wear uh, turtlenecks to work, and she covers her face with them. Oh, she'll sit and like pull it up over her face. Yeah, it makes me feel really <laughs> weird. <laughs> it's like a it's like a half circumcised penis sitting next to you or something. It feels really passive aggressive. <laughs> okay, but you know, so here's but here's the question. Because that, I think, is something that is culturally different here in America, is that we do take personal offense to why are, why don't you want to shake my hand? Why don't you want to be near me? Like, why am I the plague rat? Where if in Asia, I think it's more of the other way around. Like, the onus is on me. Only I can stop forest fires. I need to protect my own germs. Everybody should be assuming that I'm a, a possible viral risk. Mm. Yeah, I tried to come in last Thursday, and, and I, uh, I had to leave. Oh, so you came in, and then and then you're out again, yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah. I think, I mean, <clears throat> it's funny, because we don't ever want to be seen to be, like, the slackers or the guys that, that can't hack it or whatever. It's at odds with the, the greater good sometimes, which is, don't bring your shit in here, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't be spreading it around. You're going to make everybody sick, and then the whole office has to shut down. Stay home. Nobody's going to fire you. Nobody thinks you're the worst. But there's still this feeling that they're gonna think I'm the worst if I don't do it. If I don't get on the plane and go to SFO like Brian or, or where'd you go DC. If I don't do that like uh, like like Justin, then I'm a yeah. slacker ass. I just want to point out you called him Brian. I did, didn't I? Yeah, we all we all understood and heard it. I have too many. Everybody just, know that uh, Scott Johnson on Twitter. Too many too many Brian's in my life and yours as well. But um, anyway, so what I was saying. Thanks for the call. What I was saying before is that I think having kids makes me how do i put this before i had kids the idea of like nah, i got the flu i don't care let's go do whatever 
uh, like it's it's fine and just push through, do it, poop faint, all that. He's like, because who cares? It's just you now. But when you have these kids, something switches off where you're like, uh oh, dependence. This is bad if I'm not here, and you get a little paranoid. I think a lot of my adult paranoia comes from the fact that I would, you know, I'd leave these these little rugrats, uh, you know, with a, with a dad void in their lives. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Jordan from Ohio. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Nice to hear from you, Jordan. What's up? What's up? So, uh, so my wife gets the flu shot every year. Like it is a thing that she always does. It's a thing that she always believes in. Uh, she gets the flu. I think like every year. Like yesterday morning, she woke up. She, you know, and she was gloating to me that she got the flu shot and that I didn't. Because I, I never get it. I've never really had the flu. I'm fine. She woke up yesterday morning and uh, she totally has the flu now. And uh, kind of like I never tell her this, and she doesn't listen to the show. Kind of gives me like a smug superiority of like, you know, you get the flu, you get the shot. I never get a needle in my arm. I'm doing just fine. Like it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but don't tell my wife I said that. No, we so. won't. We won't. In all, all of our all the private conversations I have with your wife, I'll make sure not to bring it up. But <laughs> but that's interesting. And do, so so are you convinced that? So this is. I'm glad you called because are you are you convinced that she's getting the flu from the shot, or are you convinced that no, the shot's just not doing anything? From the shot. I'm not. I'm not like a tinfoil uh, hat conspiracy theorist. I think that she's just. You know, I know that the flu shot doesn't always cover the strand that is around. It's more the scientists just making an educated guess on what to uh, to put in. I know that's really simplifying it, but right. um, I just think that it's not the most effective thing all of the time. Now, if I was elderly or something, I totally get it because it makes sense. Yeah, because you're um, you're in a position where you're already taking a thousand other drugs. Like, who cares? Let's just get that shot. You know exactly. And yeah. one other quick thought is. You know, I at work, you know, we, you guys were talking about people coming to work and being sick and then people taking offense to that. Um, I work in an office environment and I get a solid 10 vacation days a year and two personal days. Um, and once those are done, you know, I have no other time to take off. They did not give us any sick days. I had to come to work. I had strep for like a week and, and I still had to, to put our newspaper out and get things done because I, you know, I didn't have a choice. Right. I'm on production. I got to do what I got to do. And if I take the day off, they get mad at me, even yeah. if I do have strep. And, and and so, yeah, see, this is what I'm saying. Sometimes our culture is at odds with what is best for everybody. Well, uh, and also a, a lot of people are pointing out here in, in, in the chat, and thank you for the call, uh, that this is partly because of an, if not adversarial, a certain uh, expectation that we have in America about work, about bosses have about work and that the onus is on prove to me that you are not lazy prove to me that you are not skipping uh before we say okay well maybe it's better for the herd immunity of the office for for your playground ass to, to take a couple days uh to work from home specifically when we are now in an era where working from home is almost indistinguishable from working from the office in a internet era I agree, and i was like look this was the reason why I took that flight to DC. It was the reason why I couldn't just call my boss and say, yeah, my wife was terrified because I'm convulsing in bed uh, uh, involuntarily at three o'clock in the morning. And that be enough to not take that flight. I was like, look, if they are not admitting me to the hospital and I'm, I can't go because the hospital is like, no, you need to stay here for us to take care of you. Then I'm getting on that plane. Like there's just no, like I have to be restrained for me to not make it. And part of that is 
to actually tie two things together. Number one, what people are saying in the chat, the onus on, on your bosses to, uh, to prove that you are doing the work that you say you are doing, right? So you are getting paid for what you are working. Yeah. And number two, to your point about both past trauma and uh, old uh, uh, lessons that you learned as a kid, I was raised by a single mother. My mom did not have a chance to stay home with us if we were sick. Mm. So what we would have to do is if we felt sick in the morning, she was driving us to school no matter what. If we still felt sick at lunch, she'd come pick us up. Right. And she would just, no, I just got to jam all the work I can into the first part of the day because there's a chance that I might have to leave and stay home with the kid after lunch. Yeah, that, right? leaves, that leaves an impression. I mean, that but it's like yeah. there was no... There was no just, oh, what are you feeling? Oh, it seems like you have a fever. It was like, well, if it's still going uh, by uh, um, uh, Taco Tuesday, then uh, give me old ring-a-ding-ding. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a 90s, early 90s version of rub some dirt in it, and it'll help. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, uh, speaking of school, I used to be a substitute. Oh, sorry. My name's Jamie. Oh, hi, Jamie. And I used to be a substitute teacher. And one of the things that would get me so bad is the teacher would be like, okay, line the kids up, put a squirt of Germex in their hand, give them their lunch card, and go to lunch. Mm -hmm. And every day that I would stop, I'd be like, nope, we're stopping at the bathroom, we're washing our hands. Yeah. None of this, like, Germex stuff because it saves time. Do you do you think the Germex stuff is, is hokum then? I mean, it seems like the studies say that unless there's a certain <laughs> alcohol content, it's not really doing anything anyway. Exactly. Um, no. I went to school for biology, so I took microbiology. And yeah, our professor would always get up on her soapbox and talk about the devils of Germex and Purell and how, like, even when we were dealing with zero strains of stuff that if you caught it, our teacher was like, well, it would make, you know, a week of your life hell. Mm. Um, we used ivory soap and hot water to wash our hands before and after labs every day. Yeah. So, Washing, hand washing is the mechanical removal of germs. So yeah, I agree. I, I, so, I am. So I love. Fast. I love a good bar of soap yeah. and a and a hot oh a hot stream of water. And I just I just wanted to smell like the back of Grandpa's arm. Always smelled like ivory. <laughs> it's just mm, that's the best stuff in the world. Thank you for your call, Justin. I was going to say don't the other use for Purell you want or Purell you want to make sure to avoid. It's terrible lube. Don't use Purell as lube. Just putting that out there. I just want to let that sit. <laughs> Don't let it sit. Just no. Now people Nobody are going call in. Scott, Nobody you. call in. Just now think <laughs> every mental image you could possibly have with Scott's joke. <laughs> I want you to please everybody think. Everybody close your eyes and tell me what you picture based on Scott's revelation about your Yeah, it's a bad, bad idea. Hi, you're on the air. Who is this? It's the Jen. Well, hello, the Jen. How are you? I'm good. good. Yeah, I have kind of like a, an opinion here that may not be kind of says in the nicest way possible. I'm not a big germaphobe, but at the same time, people kind of let their kids kind of do what they want with their, like, fluids. And, like, the nose is all boogery and whatnot. Yeah. And it is insane because I think about, granted, I understand kids are hard to, like, I don't know, like, get them down, get them to wash their hands, all that, but... I do get a little bit weird about that. And I and I have friends that have kids now that are like, what's the problem? It's just a little mucus. And I'm like, yeah, that will get me sick. And then I can't go to work. 
Yeah, no, no, no. This is a this is a this is a great point, and I, I'm glad you called because there is this other level, which is little kids. I think by their nature and evolutionarily speaking, um, are kind of grubby and gross because they do need to build up their immunity. Yeah. All of that being said, I can tell you this: as parents, Kim and I did our did our part when our kids were little and they were boogery and snotty and coffee and sneezy and all the things they did. We were adamant about oh. He just blew a booger because he sneezed. Bring him over here. We've always got wipes with us, always got Kleenex with us, always have a way to 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 whisk them away and take care of the problem. Uh, we refuse to be those parents that just let them run around the ball pit at McDonald's and create the next zombie virus. Like, that was not in our... I was in a Target, like, yeah. literally a Target the, earlier this week, and somebody's kid, like, reached out to, like, grab me in the line and, like, literally just covered in... And, I, like, I'm like... Trying to be nice because obviously the kid's about to take off, but I'm like, what do I do here? Yeah. Like, I can't I, miss any more work. I already missed two days. Yeah. Jen, I, I am, I'm with you. It's gross. I will, no one will deny that when uh, a little, a little, uh, rug rat grabs you, uh, or you touches your shirt, next thing you know, it leaves some bizarre venom symbiote stain on it. Uh, it is, it is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, but I always do try to err on the side of pity yeah. for, 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 for the parents. Well, yeah, because uh, there and there's pity, de- there's pity deserved there. Like there's there's no, I, I, I'm saying, but that's only because in 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 the childless community, yeah, man, the things that are said about <laughs> the, the the parents and their and their germ bag kids, vile at times, and and, and at times I, I feel more pity. Then I do uh, uh, some of the, the the vitriol that comes out from from the rest of my childless brethren. Yeah, kids are kids are hard, but give them you know parents. You need to kick it up a notch too, is what we're saying. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, not Brian, and also not Brian. It's Ian. I am sci-fi. Oh, hey man, you're definitely not a Brian. What's going on? What's up, buddy? <laughs> not too much, guys. Uh, so uh, building off of what everybody's uh, said so far, specifically with the sick days thing. Like the thing that sucks the most is that PTO is a reason why I don't have sick days in New York. They, they signed a legislature that said that everyone was entitled to, to sick days. Uh, However, there is also a clause that says that if you receive PTO as in paid time off from your job, you are not allowed well, not, not allowed, but they don't have to give you extra sick days on top of that. Oh. And that's a freaking loophole right there, because like I should like everyone should be entitled to vacation. Everyone should be entitled to sick days. You shouldn't have to take time out of, you know, your time off of work just because you have the flu. It doesn't make any sense. So so fill me in a little bit on this PTO. I had never heard this term before. So paid time off, would that be like vacation yeah, days? You, you never you never heard of PTO? No, I've never heard it called that. I mean, I've heard of vacation days. I've heard of uh, personal days, like time off where they are paying your salary still because yeah, you're uh, out. It's yeah. basically just the fancy new uh, NU with an umlaut corporate thing. That, that <laughs> just... Uh, the, the way things are said now, uh, but yeah, no PTO shocker. I never took sick days. I never took PTO oh. and, and this might, yeah. we might be getting into that. This might be the most revealing episode about me for uh, unfriend me as I've now revealed myself. <laughs> to be well, listen, you, I, I can tell you what your work. Eth- I, I never questioned your work ethic up till now, but these are all just reinforcements of what I already believed that you are a hard working dude and come rain nor snow, nor sleet, nor barf, nor 
nor death flu throbbing in bed. I'm going to die. I'm at the hospital. It's going to stop you from your appointed rounds. Yeah. And that's well, impressive. Yeah, and that's, and that's probably a psychosis that will lead me to death. <laughs> but, uh, I, I will say that one of the things that here in Northern California, which has been very influential in business practices around the world, as these companies around here get famouser and famouser, they have abolished PTO in favor of what they call unlimited vacation. Oh, tell, me, tell me about this. Is, yeah, because here's what happens with PTO. A-holes like me who don't take them. And if you don't have a specific a line when you get hired about hey you have to use x amount of pto days or they get they just vanish into the ether basically forcing people to take vacation so things like what happened when i quit the go game happened where all those paid time off days i now get to cash in for money yeah i earned them i get the money as if i worked those days without ever taking the vacation sure so that has become this thing where now here in, in, in San Francisco and Silicon Valley, unlimited vacation is a way to say, guess what? You can't, because all these engineers that literally just wake up and go to work and bury themselves in code comas all day, they're never going to take a vacation. Yeah. So they uh, just say, look, you can do whatever you want. Work from home, go on vacation. As long as you are getting your work done, we don't care. Yeah. But don't expect to cash out for $20,000 at the end of your five years here. Yeah. I mean, that's actually something I pushed for a lot when I was working a real a quote unquote real job. And, uh, it never happened because it was always, again, these are cultural restraints, but there was always people in charge or in management that were like, they want to oversee you. They want to see you sweat. They want to see you move <laughs> song. Suddenly they want to see you do all those things. They don't trust the idea that you're going to get anything done. Even if they, even if you, if your job is all about getting the job done, meaning the projects are completed on time and when they need to be and at the level you need them to be, that still wasn't enough for most of these people. They just need to see what you're doing. That's a hard cultural thing to get over. My guess is if anyone can do it and push the rest of the country in that direction, it would be Silicon Valley, Bay Area, uh, fresh thinkers. You know that. I mean, it is it is controversial though. It, it is it is very controversial because now you are effectively when you had PTO, it's uh, this binding. You get a credit, right? You get a day where it's like, okay, I'm going to take this PTO. Nobody can tell me I can't. This is my right. This is money that is either spent now or not. Now, you have to do the more nebulous, like I don't know. Let me talk to my superior, and maybe we're in the middle of something that he thinks is very important that I don't think is very important. And now uh, uh, unlimited vacation comes at the cost of, of a gatekeeper where before you always had to negotiate it a little bit, but PTO was taken a little bit more seriously because it was already allocated money. Right. No, that makes sense. Uh, well, this has been super interesting. By the way, PTO to me, previous to this was uh, partially, uh, oh, how did it go? PT, partially, <laughs> ah, shit. Anyway, I used to have another that that stands for something else in my life, and I and that's I think maybe what threw me off. Uh, we do yeah. have time for at least one more call. Looks like we got one coming in right now. Let's find out who it is. Hi, who's this? Hey, it's Talia again. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? I've got a story. Go. You guys are talking. You're, you're talking about the culture in America in terms of work. So, I'm in I'm in I'm in elementary school, and uh, my mom is one of those people who will say, if you can't take ibuprofen and feel okay after two hours. Well, you're already at school, so you might you may as well just stay and, and shake it off. Well, we lost him. His phone cut out. 
crap. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, Italian. That's her. <laughs> I lost it. Oh, it was a her? Was that a her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at me with the great recognition of gender over the phone. Uh, yeah, they, with that phone call died. Uh, did you try to call us back and we'll we'll get the, the, the big finish. Oh, maybe this is them. This could be it. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, it's Natalia. This oh, dropped. sorry, sorry. Go ahead. So anyway, I was, I get sent to school. I'm feeling awful. My teacher even knows that I'm feeling awful. She's not making me do any work. She just sent me to the corner of the room. My mom is still saying, oh, I think you can cut that out. You can cut that out. And um, eventually, I, well, I, she takes me home because I'm so sick. Turns out I had pneumonia. And also, I'm going to mention it was my 10th birthday. Mm. And mm. so I, I never let her live this down. But that's just, to me, that exemplifies the, uh, at least some of the American mentality of, if I'm not, my arm's not falling off, I'm going to work. Yeah. And this is something, like, I've had Italian bosses, I have an Irish boss, this is something they have to insist on me to not come to work if I'm feeling awful. And this is still something I have to learn. So. Yeah, I, I totally get it. And it's when it's built into you as a kid and, and, and everyone's just like, you know, pick yourself up and brush yourself off and keep moving. Like there's so much good in that idea. Like there's so much like optimistic, high-minded, whatever, but you're, I don't know. I feel like we know more now. Your health is at risk. The risk of others is at risk. Like your actual job is even more at risk if you go in there with pneumonia than it was if you stayed home and didn't go in at all. Like it's just such a, I don't know. We got to shake it off. And for me, for me, the hardest part for me is just, I have to fight guilt. Yeah. If, I can have the most legitimate case of not needing to come in. My boss can tell me not to come in and I'll still feel bad for not going into work. Right. right. Oh God. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I have that same, I, I know that feel and, and ultimately I'm constantly in my mind when I am an employee, I am in a race. What was that? The fries were done. Uh, yeah. Fries are done. <laughs> uh, I am in, I am in a race constantly yeah. to uh, not be fired. Right. I assume that that I am living in a reality show where the bottom is always fired and or the, uh, it is always a race to to escape a bear. You don't have to be the fastest. You have to not be the slowest. I'd be curious. Like, that, I'd... Is, that is my my entire mindset when it comes to everything. It's just all of it is going to fall apart unless I do everything I need to do today. It seems like that's a good way to keep everything, all the plates spinning. I wonder if. Because it sounds like me for most of my life, but I am hitting a stage now where I'm like, eh, it should probably take Saturday off because I haven't spent any time with Kim this week and I'm super kind of burned out this week. And I, you know, and then I don't anyway. I don't think that's healthy. Like, I wonder if you'll ever get to, I wonder if there's a breaking point for that for, for, for people. I don't mean for you in particular. I mean, who knows? But you know what I mean? Like, there's probably, there's probably some science that says that at some point, we have to slow down and t- you know breathe a little i don't know i don't know the point is well, dirty hands man rubbing them all over stuff boogers and, and poo uh welcome to the to the new 2018 here's what i would just say for my own t- quick advice for parents keep your kids clean teach them how to bathe you know proper bathroom uh sort of behaviors those sorts of things wash their hand after they poop stuff like that but you know what you don't need to do is you don't need to just constantly hose them down with Clorox and rub their hands in 20 kinds of Purell before they do anything or after they do anything. Like, don't make it such a prominent part of their everyday 
that they grow up to think that that is just absolutely how it has to be because it will become a part of their life that will be intrusive to other normal parts of their lives. So just moderation here, man. Like, don't send them out dirty, but don't be there a freak, you, you know? And if you do, you are abusing your child. <laughs> Scott Johnson. <laughs> 2018 signed yeah 2018 signed sealed delivered put that in my clock i got a i got a topic for next week okay what do you got lay it on me well first folks uh, you can go ahead and send your emails about this topic to unfriend me show at gmail.com again unfriend me show at gmail.com also of note yeah i think we are probably i think we're like a video away from launching that patreon yeah we we're pretty much there um there's a couple little little tweaks and things but we've got the page started um we're building it and we've been back and forth a bunch about rewards and stuff justin's had some really killer ideas and we're gonna put those into place so i think it's entirely possible we have a functioning fully running video laden patreon page patreon next page. week yeah i think it's gonna happen well, so yeah keep your eye out for that we'll let you know on twitter of course uh if it uh, happens between episodes so yeah meanwhile yeah. next week's episode i was inspired yeah. by our conversation i think it's time we finally ripped off this band-aid is college worth the cost aka one of my pet projects my pet thesis is for over I mean, goddamn, a decade and a half now. <laughs> college is a sham. We are going to get into it, folks. College is a sham, aka, is college worth the cost in the modern era? We will talk it up tomorrow. And I want to hear from educators. I want to hear from students. I want to hear from those who have graduated and have thoughts in the retrospect. I want to hear from if you're young enough, let's say you're 18 and on your way to college. I want to hear all ends of that thing next week. So tune in, be a part of the conversation, and save that phone number, 801-285-9395. Put it on your freaking phone. Um, what else? Uh, Unfriend Me Show uh, is our Twitter. No, we don't have a Twitter account. And what, what am I saying? UnfriendMeShow at gmail.com. That's our email address. That's yeah, no, that, that's the email address. Also, one more note. Uh, I've got a live show, a live politics, politics, politics show in... Uh, uh, San Francisco on March 1st at 7 p.m. We're trying to figure out whether or not we need to move to the bigger room. So if you are in the Bay Area and you can hear my voice, you are going to love this show. A lot of research. Uh, it's not super political political. It is about politicians. It's about sex scandals. It's a, uh, a madness that happens between February and April. Uh, that kind of madness that I can't say legally. Uh, but we're going to do a bracket. It's going to be awesome. Go ahead and check it out. Bit.ly slash SF Sex Show. Because we're breaking down sex scandals. Mm. Bit.ly slash SF Sex Show. Does and the NCAA or whoever, or who is it? Whatever it is. Do they own the rights to saying that thing you won't say? Oh, do they? And mm. they are very litigious. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Could be an awful other topic for another day. Anyway, uh, don't forget to check us out on the web. You can find the links to everything we talked about here, our Twitter accounts, uh, the upcoming Patreon, all that stuff will be at frogpants.com slash unfriendme. Wherever you get the podcast, please leave us reviews. It helps us a lot. And for everybody who came live, thank you for doing that. If you'd like to do that yourselves, it's 1 p.m. Tuesdays. That's uh, my time, mountain time, or noon Pacific, right here at frogpants.tv. You can call in live, watch the show, and hang out with us. Thank you, chat room, for your uh, stuff. Thank you, everybody. And uh, I guess that's it for me, for Justin, for all of you. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>